Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good morning, Love Life. It's weird now that I can do this. I'm so used to saying this, but now I can look around and see all your beautiful faces. I can even move a little bit. You don't know how hard it is just to stay right here. And I did it just to be faithful to the camera. And I'm not forgetting you guys, just to know that, but I am gonna be looking at my peeps, all my people in here that are ready for the message. Yes, amen. Listen, I understand this is weird. This is weird stuff. Listen, love life is not a church that's used to this kind of stuff. These people are just, they're lovable. And and we like to show that love. And I'm telling you, it's just something I know that the church family at home right now, they're like going, I wanna come back, I wanna come back. I understand, I understand. Listen, it's just, it's just a, soon and very soon, you will be with us again. All right, I'm telling you right now, You'll be here, it, listen, I'm, soon and very soon. I'm telling you right now, just know that very soon, I, the doors are gonna be open. I'm serious, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. So get ready, get ready to, get ready to rumble. You know, you're gonna come in and enjoy this time. But anyway, we're really excited about what God has been doing. I, I mean, th- this has been an ugly time. You know, it's something that we haven't uh, uh, experienced in this magnitude. Believe me, death goes on and has been for years. Every year, the flu, every year, uh, heart diseases, every year, diabetes. Listen, people are dying by the thousands upon thousands upon thousands every year. And this is just something that everybody, media, government, we all focused in on. But the truth of the matter is, is death is, is constant. And that must make us understand something. The importance of life and living life. And I believe that this has been a wake-up call. A wake-up call in the sense that, remember Love Life, how did we start this year off? We started this year with a focus of fasting, spiritual and physical, and then we went into what? We went into fit for life. Isn't this interesting? So we started this year with an understanding of we have to be built up spiritually, but also we had to take care of our bodies. We had to make sure we were being healthy, eating healthy, exercising. Oh, I threw out a four-letter word right now. Exercising. I know it's more than four, but you know what I'm saying. And I don't want you to fill in the blanks, just exercise. The point is, is this is a factual statement not fake news, but the underlying diseases, the underlying issues that people are dealing with is what's producing all these deaths. All I know is it's time to get healthy. And we understand, listen, we come to church, hopefully you're continuing the food delivery of Sunday into Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and you continue to recognize the responsibility to build your spirit, build up this, this, this heart that says, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm committed to his word. Right. Not religiously, we don't do religion here, but life. Yes. 
And when we understand that, we can recognize that there are certain traits, there are certain conditions that we're, we're so used to operating in that we need to change. We've got to change the way we eat. We've got to change the way we exercise. We have to. We have to get healthy. And I'm just, I'm just letting y'all know that the rest of this year, you're going to be hearing a lot of this because this papa cares about his kids. And I'm just not going to let you just coast in life. I just won't do it. And if you need that, you go down to the church down the street or whatever. Because listen, why play games? It, it just ain't worth it. And you know what really affects me is I know this church and I know the people of this church. And I know the reason why we gather in this Love Life Church. And it has nothing to do with money. My God provides all my needs and he always has. This is what, I can't stand the comments of, well, people just want them to come to church because they're, they're losing out of money. You don't know church, you know religion. And believe me, there are a lot of religious churches out there that, yeah, that's all they care about. But see, you're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out that this is about life and we know what this life is about. It's a covenant with an awesome God that loves us dearly. So don't go that way with this church. You might be saying at the church you went to, that religious ugly thing that all they did care about is money, but this one don't. And if you've been here, if you've been a part of this church, you know we don't talk about this hardly at all, even though it's in God's word a lot, a whole lot. Why? Because God wants you to prosper. How you can help anything when you're broke and poor? Anyway, that's not my message. I'm just getting it out. I'm just getting it out. I got people in here. You guys are pulling on me. You're pulling on me. Listen, is not the experience of being together way better than watching on TV? No, you know that's true. Why? Because we're the church. Praise God that we're able to go out there Praise God, we're able to get this word throughout the valley, the state, the nation, and the world. Praise God, hundreds of people have been saved through the ministry of Love Life. Praise God. Praise God. So yeah, I'm grateful for it. But don't ever think that this can take the place of church. Because those are here, the people that are here right now, social distancing, we really are actually. It's so weird looking at this. But anyway, the point is this. You ask people after experiencing the house and their house. And I guarantee you they're going to tell you it's better together. It's better together. There's just so much of a, a life feeling when we're all together like this. And I get it. This time was weird and, it, and it's, been some, it's been a challenge. And there's been a lot, of, a lot of fear out there. And listen, I know, love life, you got some of you, you've been operating in fear. Quit trying to camouflage it. That doesn't get you free. You don't pretend. We all have dealt with some of it because this thing has been unexpected. So don't look at it as if, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm not a good Christian. I'm not, I'm not mature. Listen. Everybody knows you just how you talk on Facebook. I mean, Facebook. So don't, don't try to play the, the super spiritual. Just be real. Understand. You got a little scared. Understand. 
But don't allow that to manipulate your God perception in his word, in his will, and how he runs things. Because this has nothing to do with God, this, this virus thing. This isn't, God ain't involved with this stuff at all. I'll tell you what God's involved. He's involved in the life in the midst of the crisis. And now I'm going to be talking about this morning. I promise you, your life is never going to be the same again. All of you in here, all of you out there, every one of you out there, I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to be the same again because what you're going to hear is going to bring enlightenment and understanding of, in, of words and information that'll help you in life. Help you in life. And that's what we want to do. We want to help you in life. Why do we have God's word? To help us in life. Why did Jesus come to this earth? To give us life and life more abundantly. So this is so important. Very, very important. So let's connect this morning in here and out there and let's experience this. I mean, so many weird things we've had to be dealing with. Makeup, makeup. We, I don't know women. I don't know how you do it. This freaky makeup stuff. And you may be thinking, Pastor, you do makeup? Hey, I did without makeup the first time, and I like I was people are like had to put sunglasses on. My face is oily, man. The lights were hitting and shining in people's faces. The, I'm sure I'm sure on the camera it was like just a glow, and you thought that guy's holy, he's glowing. And then when you when you're done, my face feels so dirty, and sometimes I forget to wash it. So the rest of the day I'm going, God, why do I feel so? And then I realize you got makeup on. Get it off. Be free. Be free, young man. But anyway, hey, I'm open. I'm real. Today's message. Are you guys ready for this? All right, now, now I want you to, let's process, because here at Love Life, we believe in thinking, right? We're just not going to be, you know, those people that just follow and just, oh, moo, moo, you know, baha, baha. We're going to be people that think, and we're going to make sure we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated even by our own understanding. Because we know here at Love Life that we have or hear words, and through the words we hear, we have definition of those words. And in recognizing that, we also realize that when we hear a word and define it, someone else not, might not define it the same way. What does that mean? It means someone might have a different reaction. Say, for instance, if I say roach, well, there, what are you going to do? You're, you are going to operate through your experiences and start freaking out. And some people are like going to go, squish them, kill them. But it's all based upon your experience. So when you hear the word, you're going to have what? You're going to have this feeling and experience connected to that word. And that's sad, but it is something that God gave us because we have to be able to live by what comes in, what we perceive, how we perceive, to be able to experience all that God has for us. He wanted us to be able to hear love and experience love. That's why it says, for, when, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Why? Why did he do all that? Why didn't he just say, hey, guys, I love you. Hear me? I love you. Because he wanted us, what? To experience it. Oh, my gosh. When I received Jesus, started walking in the light, the information of this. Oh, that's when you start experiencing it. But it doesn't happen overnight. Christians, give yourself some time. 
Some of you, you've been church, you've been churched wise so long, you still don't understand God's love. And I get it because I've been there, done that. I went to Bible college and didn't even understand God's love. What's up with that? But I'm telling you, I know his love. And I still don't get it sometimes because it's so awesome. It's so awesome. But anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about something that first, when you hear this, this word, you're going to go, ah, crisis. And what comes to your head right away? Crisis. Nothing good, I can guarantee you. When you hear crisis, and the message is crisis revelation. See how I did that? I'm magical. Crisis revelation. Say it with me. Crisis revelation. I promise you, today is going to be an awesome day, an awesome experience for everybody. Are you ready? Okay. Now, what we see here is, first and foremost, we all understand this. A crisis reveals something. It reveals truths about us, doesn't it? Everything going good. There's, they, they, we're just going good. Everything's happening. We're all, we're all just floating in the goodness and everything. And, and, and money's coming in. Job's good. Car runs good. Air conditioning's working. Everything, everything's going good. But then when something happens, a crisis takes place, what happens is, is the real us, we're able to shine or not shine. But the real us comes out. And that's usually when you can only experience the reality of someone. What I just shared with you, especially you single girls out there, I just gave you a nugget of truth that you need to hold close to your heart. Because when you're dating, all you're getting is that fool's gold. It's, it's fake. I'm telling you right now, it's all fake. No one brushes their teeth that much. It's true. It's all fake. Everything about it's fake. Because after the I do, reality comes in. And then all of a sudden, the person that you did not check up on, credit reports, family history, Oh, you, th- yeah, the pastor, come on, pastor. No, if someone asks me, I tell them, do it, do it. And if they're scared for you to do it, run away, run away, quick. And the guys that are hearing this that are like going, dude, be quiet. No, they need to know that's your mama's car and it isn't yours. They need to know that your mom really doesn't need help with rent. You're just 35 years old and want to live at the house. What? What? No, I didn't go that way. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is all true. The point is, is, listen, we get bumped, and what comes out is what's really in us. And a lot of you have seen things that you're not too happy about. Hey, join the club. But don't, don't, don't try to disguise it with catchphrase words. And Come on. You're scared, you're scared. No, it's whatever. But what it does, it reveals, and we go, okay, then I need to fix. Because the reason why you're trying to camouflage it is because you are religious. And I say that with love. I don't say it in a mean way. I just say, you get caught up in the, I'm trying to act spiritual. You don't need to try to act spiritual. 
You are all that and some because of what Jesus did for you. Just be real. Recognize you ain't perfect. You're going to blow it. And let's go. Let's move on. Okay? Let's move on. Let's don't play the game. Please, don't play the game. We do this because it's something to give us a, a start in opening up. If it's my faith and my faith alone, we ain't doing this stuff. I ain't doing none of this. I ain't putting no signs. I ain't doing nothing. I'm saying, come on, let's all get in here and do church. But see, that's not my responsibility. I'm a papa. My responsibility is to recognize some aren't there yet. Some are. So let's, let's gradually work our way. But believe me, I ain't taking a long time, and I'll share with you in a minute on that stuff, okay? But anyways, it just helps us. It helps us understand that all of us are going to react differently just based on how we perceive something. The words we hear, when I say the word love, I'm telling you, love's defined very differently in everybody in here. How you experience love in your house, how you experience love growing up has, has your perception of love. So when you're saying, I love you, that perception of that other person could be going, that ain't love, that ain't the love I know. The love I know, you know, brings riches with it, you know, whatever. The point is, is we all have this different definition. And I'm going to shake us all up because it shook me. When we start looking at words that really don't mean what we thought they meant, ooh, it's going to be awesome. Amen? It's going to be awesome. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be what? Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6, 14. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Everybody say withstand. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day or the time of crisis. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Having what? Done all to stand, Stand. What is this telling us? It's telling us some very, very important things because first of all, Ephesians chapter six is dealing with spiritual warfare. But it's also dealing with something that we all need to understand and that is this. Spiritual warfare is the beginning of natural warfare. It starts in spirit and comes through into the natural. This virus, I believe it is a demonic virus. Why can you say that? You say that the devil's making viruses? No, I say the devil is involved with anything, steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that's going to cause death. Now, he is not in that lab in Wuhan, China. He's not in there doing it himself, but he's being helpful to people that are doing things like this. I believe it all my heart. Look at the results. There's no life in this. You can't show life in this other than what we did in the midst of the crisis because God is alive and real and he is working in and through us in the midst of crisis. So know this. Know that you don't have to go through this time struggling and in fear and worry and doubt and anxiety. You can be strong. Hey, if you have to wear a mask in Costco, whatever. 
It doesn't define your Christian faith. It doesn't define your, your position of spiritualism. You can't get in there and get their 30-pack of chicken breasts unless you have a mask on. Put the mask on and get your chicken breast. Who cares? But that's what I'm saying. We don't go overboard and go, well, then you're not walking in faith. And see, you might be thinking, well, of course. Yeah, but see, that's what people do, Christians do, on the opposite end of trying to establish why I'm doing what I'm doing and trying to make themselves seem spiritual and in their actions, it's not. And that's what we have to do. We have to live life correctly. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Your kids, are, you know, you want them to grow and understand and have knowledge and, and mature. But you know they messed up and they do dumb things and they, they do things that you look at and go, ah! But you know there's a process. And that's what we're in, a process. But we don't allow our kids to sit there and become all religious in their life at nine years old and act like, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually 28, Papa, even though I'm nine. And, what you, and that's what's ridiculous. So let's be real with one another so we can have help. So we can get whatever we need to get to the next level in our Christian faith. Amen? And I know there are some people, you're mad at me already, but that just shows where you're at. If you're getting mad at this, man. And it's not the people that aren't, that aren't churchy. It's the people that are churchy that get this way. You spend more time in fake book than you do God's word. Look at this. Take up the whole armor of God, not fake book, not CNN, not fake news. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. That means to resist, to oppose in the day of crisis, and having done all the stand, stand. That, if you look at this up in the Greek, it's all military terminology. And what God is showing us in the Greek language, what we should see right now is this. It's a military term. Paul is stating this with a Roman soldier in mind, standing in a position of overseeing something he's been told to watch over. In other words, when he says, having done all the stand, stand, he's not saying, stand. No, he's saying, stand with confidence, security. Where? In your spiritual walk, in your beliefs. Stand. Stand strong. And when you've done all to stand, stand. Isn't that beautiful picture? And that's the picture of a believer. That's the way we should be. Now, are we always that way? No. No. Why? Because some areas we have more strength and security in the information we have than other areas. And what do I know? I know that's a truth, so I get it. And that's why I'm not judgmental. Because I get it. So I can see one person standing strong and I see another person not standing strong. But I'm not going to judge them based upon that because I'm not them. You're not me. Religious people get blindsided by this and they start expecting everybody to act a certain way. It's just not reality. And I'm not talking about natural, I'm talking about spiritual reality. It's not. 
You're letting some religion creep in and you try to put everybody in a box. Okay, I'm done with my soap opera. Let's get to my message. Well, you know, listen, we all see things differently. We all, roller coasters, all right? Roller coasters bring a revealing of people. See, when I was younger, I don't care if the roller coaster did 20 spins or 30 loops. I'm like going, let's go, and I'm getting back in line to do it again. As I got older, the roller coasters still are fun. I love them, but there's certain ones where I'm going, I'll pass. I'll pass. I didn't mind the ones that did this. They're not roller coasters, but the rides are just go like this. I didn't mind those. They're from the devil, those rides. Because <laughs> there's no way in the world. I won't touch that. But, but my, my oldest, he's like, we're, let's do this. I'm like going, get another dad. Because <laughs> I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. You know what I'm saying? But they, he loves roller coasters. And I'll get on the roller coasters to a point. And then he is, he, he's able to con his mom and she'll get on the ones that I won't do. And, you know, she gets off the ride like, you know. But anyway, but see, and then my youngest, he's just, he's just starting to get into the roller coasters. And you're like going, what is he, six? No, he's older than six, but it's taking him some time. But that's fine. That's, that's, that's my youngest. And we don't force, we don't push. We go, I had, to con- I had to pay him 20 bucks to ride one. I thought enough's enough. I got to get some cash rolling in this thing. And he got on the ride and he lived. And because he lived, his experiences are different. Listen, I remember this was like our second years ago. I took our youth group to Magic Mountain. And um, I had this football star that, you know, he's, he's acting the star. And there was this one, one ride there that was so awesome. And everybody's all excited. And I noticed that he's, he's like, yeah, this is going to be good. And I could tell the guy's scared. <laughs> Literally scared. And he's coming up with all kinds of reasons to not get on that ride. And so I'm hearing this, I'm watching it. And so I get him to the side and I say, you okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, come on, be real. You don't wanna go on that ride, do you? And he goes, no. I go, how come? He goes, because. I went on, I, I've been on this ro- the roller coaster. And I go, when was the last time? And he goes, eight. And I go, eight years old, you're reacting. Now you're 17. And you're reacting the way you experience at eight. I go, let's ride together. I guarantee you the eight-year-old won't be there. And he got on that ride and went on it and he got back on that ride again. Why? Because he experienced something early on that caused him to feel the same way. But he wasn't eight anymore and he just needed a little help. Don't we all need a little help sometimes, right? We just need a little help. That's the Christian faith that we know here at Love Life. That's what we know. I had another one in Mexico. We were in a missions 
trip and another football star who's a quarterback. And we went to this one city and we had time off to be able to go to this, this pool they had. They had a high dive. It was 25 feet tall, all right? I think real, the, that's the mid-range. I think the highest is 30, you know, Olympic high dive. But anyway, 25 feet tall. It felt like, an hour, you know, it took an hour to get to the top. But they're all, you know, I got these, you know, 13-year-old girls. They're going up there and going, ah, jumping and everything. And so I got this football star again. He's going up there, and I, he's turning white. And he's going up those steps because, hey, he's the star, football player, yo, and all, you know, like, hey, halfway there, he goes, I got to go down. I'm behind him. I go, why? Because I got to go down. I go, come on, man, you can, you can do this. It's no big deal. Close your eyes and jump. It's no big deal. And he's going, okay, okay. So he goes up a three quarters away. He's going, pastor, I got to go down, man. I got to go down. And I go, what? tell me what's going on. What's going on? He goes, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I go, and people are hearing them and they're going, come on, you can do it. And they're really like, you know, they've already jumped off it already. They're like, going, let's go again. You know, so he's seeing all this and here he is, you know, all-star boy. You know, that's, that, that's the portrayal until something comes. That's a crisis. He doesn't know how to deal with it. Finally, he's up at the very top. I go, listen, do you really need to go down? He goes, I can't do this. And I go, you know what? I can't do it either. Let's go down together. And so we, listen, I got to get down, guys. Let me down. And we all, we both got down. And listen, I didn't make him do it. Why? What is the purpose in that? There is no purpose. The point is, I understood where he was at. I understood that there wasn't the next step of him doing it. He was turning white. And so I helped him down, and then I built him up. Why? Because that's what the church is supposed to do. Not kick them while they're down. You're not spiritual enough. You're not like me. See, that's why people out there go, oh, the church wants money and all that, because that's all they know is religious churches. But real churches, we don't play that game. We know God provides. Yes, we give tithes and offerings. Why? Because the word of God shows us how God is able to bless us in the area of finances. That's what that's about. But I do know this. My God supplies all my needs, period. He's my supplier, just like he's the supplier in your life. But the thing is, is there's so many times when we're dealing with so many different things that we might not be that all-star anymore. So what? There's other areas in your life you are. And thank you, Jesus, for it. Let's grow. Let's mature together. Amen? Let's continue this walk of faith and not act like I've arrived. There's too many dumb leaders out there that try to play the super spiritualism. And then with all the way that this media operates, there's so many fake leaders out there that have messed up lives. They still have issues with alcohol, drugs. Their families are out of line, but they want to post leadership principles. Please, this is what this thing has been turned into. Fake, fake, fake. And some of you are being conned by this stuff, and you need to get to reality. Because when something looks too good to be true, it is 
too good to be true. Except the Bible and the Word of God and Jesus. Amen? So anyway, 1 Timothy, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It says this, fight the good fight of faith. What are we supposed to do? Fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight. What is faith? A fight. Wait a minute. What is faith in general? Isn't faith a confident expectation? Wait a minute. It said, fight the good fight of what? Faith. Faith is the substance of things confidently expected. Fight the good fight of a confident expectation. See, all of a sudden, this faith thing becomes more real. It's not this super spiritual, I can walk on water. No, it's my confidence in God's word is going to get battled on. There's going to be a warfare. When God says he heals, when God says he sets you free, when God says he delivered you, when, when you've been healed of something, and then all of a sudden you feel experience, you know, the, the feeling of a sickness, or you experience something, and you start, there's the battle, there's the battle right there. But what are we supposed to do? And actually, the word fight is a, is a verb meaning continue to fight on. Fighting. In other words, it's not a one-time thing. It's life. You're always going to be battling something in your area of faith. The first time you give your tithe or offering, there's going to be a battle. The first time you stand in faith for healing, there's going to be a battle. The first time you say, I ain't doing this no more, there's going to be a battle. The first time you say, you know, I'm done with three enchiladas, it's one from now on, there's going to be a battle. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a battle. I, I know what I feel like. Just recently, I thought, you know, I got I to gotta quit some things because I've been, I've been laxing. I'm sure a lot of you have been laxing, right? Two months at home, you know, it's like, did anybody see Avengers? You know, the, the first Avengers and, they, and, and you got Tony Stark and you got Captain America and you, you have the Black Widow and you, they're all standing around on the ship and they got Loki in there, but the Tesseract is near them. And all of a sudden they start arguing and fighting. And Thor goes, you all seem so puny. And, and it's just, they're arguing and fighting, fighting. It's because of that Tesseract. It's just making them argue and fight, fight. Some of your homes got a Tesseract in them. <laughs> yeah. You, it's glowing right now. And you all fighting and, ah! and it wasn't normal before. Get the Tesseract out. I'm telling you right now, that's what it is. Remember that? The Hulk had it in his hand. Dr. Banner had it. And they'd say, put it down. All right, anyway. If you're not a Marvel Avenger fan, you don't have a clue what I said, so just forget that. Forget everything I said. So it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of, that means seize, seize, grab, eternal life. What? What do you mean? I got to seize and my, my place in heaven? No. What is eternal life? It's a Greek word, zoe. What did Jesus say he came to give us? Zoe, an abundant zoe. It's the life of God. It's the kingdom of God. It's the way God does things. We are to seize hold of zoe life. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to let it go. You will. You'll let it go. You're either going to fall to fear or fade in faith. Oh, that was so good. I didn't write that down. Fall in fear or fade in faith. I was expecting, yeah, that is good, but you all just sitting there looking at me like, 
It's, it's okay. I mean, I thought that was good. So the point is, is this. If we don't take a stand and seize what we know, what the Bible's been teaching us, instructing us, we're going to let it go. We're going to allow CNN to dictate our lives. And that's a big fake news group. We're going to allow the government to manipulate our lives. Can't. There's only one we follow. Now, does it, listen, let me make this clear. That does not mean we rebel against authority because that's not scriptural. We're going to operate in wisdom, not man's wisdom, God wisdom. So I'm going to operate in the necessary things that I need to. I'm going to leave, live, live in peace with all people when I need to. I, this ain't a fight I have to take them and say, no mask, no social distancing. What? That's so stupid. Why not? There, there, that's no purpose in that. There's nothing wrong with doing things when you know it's necessary for the mass of people. And I'm not going to alienate people. I'm going to tell you right now, when I open these doors, and I'm going to open these doors soon, if someone wants to social distance, I'm going to let it happen. I'm not going to stop that. I'm not going to point fingers. If someone wants to wear a mask in, in September, I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. And it's, there's no judgment. There's zero judgment. All I'm saying is, is you live the place where you're at, but never settle. Never settle. And I'm not saying you're weak if you do any of that. I'm just saying, I want love life. I want everybody out there that's listening to me. Don't settle just because government or society or people dictate to you. Make sure in your heart you got peace with God's word. You got peace with what you're doing. That's all. I had to settle this morning in a good way. And the settling this morning is here, our worship team gets up here, and they just let rip three, four awesome songs where you're dancing. And I can't right now because I'm following doctor's orders because I was, did a dumb thing on our Fit for Life in the rucksack carrying 30 pounds, doing a 10K. I ran some of that. And it affected my knee. I tore something in there. That was the end of February. March, I dealt with it. April, I dealt with it. But I dealt with it with my understanding. So I was operating in a way where I can work this out and it would get better. And then I would screw it up because I got to work out. I got to do something. Or I'd do some work that I shouldn't be doing. And, and I, I would use my right right leg because, you know, this needs to be fixed. So I, bam. And so I was doing things that kept making it worse, not better. So I realized, you know what? I got to chill on this. I got to quit. I, you know, the last time was like three and a half weeks ago where I got some weights. I started working out in my walk. So I was doing a walk with weights and my knee was like going, you ain't doing this. And it really hurt. And so I got, oh, I got to stop doing this. And for two weeks, and then it started getting better. And I realized, I don't know really what I'm doing with this knee. So I went to the specialist the other day, and he, he explained everything. And he explained to me that your attitude of what needed to be done was correct. It was just wrong in how you were doing it. And 
And I looked at it and I went, God, that's so good. So I still need to exercise, but I have to do it specific way for it to strengthen and be healed. So I was either this way, which was not helping, or do nothing, which was not helping. So it, it's the information. It helped me. But here our worship team, man, they're playing that. And I wanted to dance. I wanted to jump. I'm trying the best I can to get up on the air. I'm like, oh, this is not fun. But anyway, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But again, it's just things that we have to deal with. And so my attitude is, is hey, my knee will be perfect soon. But right now, I understand that this one is a little weak. People, that's life. I'm not giving up on life because of this knee. I'm not quitting. I'm not folding. I'm not just a bad Christian. No. I realize that I just got to chill. Do the things I need to. It'll be better. And then I'll jump. Jump, jump, jump with the worship team. Amen? Because, man, they just pull it out of you. So, we are to lay hold of eternal life. And it says, to which we were called, having confessed the good confession. And we confess the good confession. That is Jesus is Lord. We confess the good confession that I'm healed. See, I believe my knee's healed. Well, Pastor, you just said, no, I know what God's word says. I'm going through the process now of seeing the manifestation of the healing. That's my belief. That's what I believe. It's process. Sometimes it happens like that. There have been times through my life, I mean miracles. And there are times when it's been a process. You know what I look at them all as? God's covenant. That happens like that, or if it happens weeks. It don't matter. God's covenant. I got two miracle boys because of God's covenant. It took time. It took a process of time, but I have two miracle boys because of God's covenant. It didn't happen overnight. It took nine months anyway, but you know what I'm saying? It's all good. It's all good. See, this is what Jesus had to deal with when he was on earth, religious people attacking him because of his freedom, because of his walk that was not manipulated by laws and legalism. He wouldn't go that way. He took a stand, and that stand disrupted the religious, and it still does. Religious people want to judge. Ooh, they cuss, they smoke. They, you know, they, they just want to judge, 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 judge. You're going to lose your salvation. And that's what they do. They don't understand. They are operating in the area that Jesus came to set the world free from. We don't flow that way, do we? Love life. Crisis, revelation. You ready for this? Okay. Crisis. First thing comes in your head. I use this on my boys. I use this on a couple people, and they do what everybody does. Crisis is something, what? Negative. Fatality's bad, right? Y'all agree with that? Everybody in here out there, y'all agree with that? I'm, I guarantee you do. So crisis doesn't show anything other than bad, bad, bad. Watch this. The word crisis comes from the Greek word krisis, okay? Krisis. It comes from the Greek word krisis, crisis. The Greek word means this. 
a decision or a choice. That a decision or a choice. The word crisis means a decision or a choice, but it's been brought into this world in a total opposite meaning of how the word came forth. Now think about it. A crisis is a decision or choice. It's a decisive moment in your life. You understand that? This is so important because revelation is an unveiling or uncovering of truth. Crisis revelation. It's understanding that your choices reveal something. You guys hearing this? Reveal something. See, all of a sudden, now when you hear crisis, you're going to be thinking, it's a choice. I needed you all, everybody, the world. I need everybody to hear this because what we do is crisis. Ah! Right now we're thinking negative, 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 negative. But now we hear crisis and we think a decision needs to be made. A decision. Are you guys hearing this? This is good stuff. See, why is this so important? Because number one, it's God's word to us. Number two is we all deal with crisis. Everybody in here. I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about life. We all deal with crisis. I got a stinking gopher out there is a crisis. No, I'm serious. He's now trying to get into our brand new trees. I took a hose out there at 530 this morning because I'm on prayer time and I see gopher holes that ought not to be there. And I'm thinking, all right, what do you do? Pray? How can I pray? That gopher, he's laughing at me in there. You might be thinking Caddyshack right now. Well, some of you probably don't know, what's Caddyshack? I took the hose, I'm serious. I came in here, got the water key, took the hose and stuck it down in the hole and I'm flooding that thing. That gopher didn't pop up, so I thought, gosh. All right, I got church. I'll deal with him later. But it's a crisis. It's a crisis. Yeah, I'll watch my knee when I do it. I'll watch it when I kick him in the head. But the thing is, is the point is, is this. We all have crisis, all of us. Listen, a crisis is not defined as something completely horrifying, terrible. It's levels. There's levels of crisis. Are you guys hearing that? You can have a crisis when you know you have a meeting and you can't find your keys. Right? Isn't that where you're like going, huh? Well, what do we have to do? Everything is tied to the ability to make right choices. Stop. Listen. See, in this crisis, there hasn't been a lot of stopping. Has there? No. There's been more of reaction. And reaction will always take you to the past. Isn't that true? So what do we do? We realize, okay, listen, you've been at home. Some of you have been at home tied up with your kids. You know, what's interesting is that some of you before the crisis were living that way. Why things change? Because how you perceiving has changed. Some different information has been revolving in your head. And now, because of that, you're reacting based upon what? Not the real you. You're re reacting to the new news. 
And listen, we all get caught up in this. We can all get caught up. Remember, Scripture makes it very clear. Bad company corrupts good morals. Now, listen to that, what I just said, because the important thing is this. Pay attention to the Scripture for life. Don't just box it up into meaning, oh, if you hang around this person, you're going to get. No, it's life. And what that means is, is what is company? What is association? It's not if I stand next to you, I'm going to get corrupted. Ooh, you drink, you smoke. If I stand next to you, I'm going to start drinking and smoking. No. What am I saying? It's communication. It's the communication that we have. And once that communication opens up in our lives and we start sharing communication, there's where the manipulation can take place. This is where changes can happen. So all of a sudden you become friends with someone you know you ought not to, but you do it anyway. This is what I've heard for the years, but I can change them. That's why I want to marry them or whatever. No, I've heard it so many times. You know what happens 100% of the time? They don't change. Why? Because change doesn't happen that way. If it was that way, I'd say, everybody get married. You'll change them. We'll all be perfect church. You're changed. It doesn't work that way. It'll never work that way. Another person can't change another person. You can help. You can give a little influence if it's correct. If it is not done through manipulation. But you can help people. You can cheerlead people in their process of change. But it's up to the person to change because change is not change until it's changed. Are you guys hearing? Are you enjoying this? All right. So crisis is a decision. It's a choice. It does not mean failure. It does not mean calamity. It does not mean disaster. And that's the way we associate crisis, right? I love the word revelation. I love what it means. I love the picture of it. And I love when Paul talks and uses that word. And I'm going to share with you the word revelation in the Greek. Are you ready? It's the word where we get apocalypse. Uh-oh. Do you hear do you hear like bright lights and tingly, sweet sounds? Apocalypse. Does it show you us tiptoeing through the forest? Apocalypse. What's it do? What's it doing right now when you hear apocalypse? I hear end of the world. Anybody else? This is apocalyptic. And we don't know. Listen, is it something that you look at, you hear, and you don't see? You see crisis, apocalypse. Are we freaking out? Come on. Crisis, a decision, a choice. Revelation is the Greek word apocalypsis. Apocalypsis. We get apocalypse. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? It's the word revelation. It reveals or discloses something. Apocalypse literally meant revealing or disclosing. Isn't that interesting? Not the scary word. When we hear the word revelation, we all of a sudden go, ooh, it's the end times, end of the world. You know, the Bible uses the word apocalypsis many times. 
in the revealing of God, Jesus, and his knowledge. Paul says, I want to learn apocalypsis, Jesus Christ more. And it says this over and over and over, and it's using the word revelation. It's defined differently in different English words, but it's the same Greek word. What happened? Two scary words in their true meaning aren't scary at all. Now, what takes place in our lives? All right, cool. So now I have a different picture than I had before. It's not this fearful worry. Oh my gosh, it's a crisis. It's the apocalypse. No, now I have a different picture. Crisis is, hey, I got some decisions to make. I got to fight the good fight of faith. I got to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. What does that mean? I got to keep fighting the fight of faith of what's coming in my head. Some of you, you gave up, you quit. The fight was over with because you assumed that this is your necessary response that was needed. And I get it. Man, I saw some of my responses and I'm going, I don't have to wash my hands 20 times in a day when I'm here at this church. There's just no one here. And I realized, I got to quit. This is ridiculous. My hands are drying out. I mean, I'm going to be using lotion like I'm using makeup again. You know, I'm like, oh, my hands are going to be soft. But the thing is, that's what I'm trying to say, is, is, is I had to come to the place where we gotta, you got to stop this. You don't need to be squirting that, that germ killer on your hand every time you touch a doorknob. There's no one here. There hasn't been anybody here. Well, there's a few people there. They're a little dirty, but anyway, that's a, <laughs> it's a whole different story. No, I mean, we have a staff that are very clean people. And there's only a few of us. That's it. So it's not like we have to go through this whole process of, you know, social distancing because we know each other. We, it, it's not... It's, it's, it's not anything where we don't know. We have knowledge. We have understanding. But for the first couple of weeks, I'm like going, wash down hand, handles. Make sure you wash down light switches. And I'm doing all this. And then I realize, dude, chill. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. It'd be like me doing it in my house. I don't think we've cleaned the house for a month. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Please make some noise or something because you're like, leave me hanging. And I go, no, you're an idiot. Thank you very much. At least you out there, you love me because I can't hear you. I can't see you. And at least I know that you are going, that's right, pastor. And they need to treat you better. I know, I know, and I know. Maybe I will keep the doors closed. Just ask me. Anyway, the point is, is this. We hear these words. We relate to the words the way what? The way we've always assumed them to mean. But all of a sudden, we start realizing, wait a minute. There's been really manipulation in these words. They turned into something that they used to not be. I think that's what it comes down to us. We have to look at this as, hey, how are we going to look at this? Are we going to look at this as a time of potential? Or are we going to look at it as a time of, of fear, worry, and doubt? A few people have received potential. 
They've received things in the midst of crisis. And that's what I want you to see. Good things can happen in ugly times. I want you to show you these, these three videos. Go ahead. It's pretty cool. Now you guys look. In times of crisis, I am thankful that God set me free from having to rely on medical marijuana and he healed me from having to deal with everyday chronic pains. In the middle of a crisis, even though the world stopped, God didn't. During this time, I was able to pass my exams and I was selected to be a part of physical therapy assistant program to continue my education. In a time of crisis, when a lot of people were filled with fear, I was actually filled with favor. I was able to graduate from GCU and I received a position at, as a sixth grade math teacher at Imagine Avondale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a time of crisis, I, dot, 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 dot. Come on now. In a time of crisis, in a time of crisis, I ran in the closet and hid. In a time of crisis, I, I, I folded in my Christian faith. In a no, come on. In a time of crisis, this is what we need to understand. You may think, come on, Pastor. You got you to gotta chill a little bit. Listen, I'm the pop of this house. If you would read scripture when it comes to spiritual fathers, look at Paul writing to Timothy. You're not going to see Paul going, hey, Tim, my suggestion. Hey, do what you want. No, you're going to see Paul going, urge, command. I want this done. I want it done this way, and I want you to be just like me, just like you parents. Don't act like that ain't, that ain't the way it is in your house. You know it is. And so here it's this house. What am I saying? I'm saying, listen, I want you to have the understanding, the truth that we have here. You don't have to be me, but I want you to know the word and the truth like me. Why? Because it's my house. I'm not looking for your other house. It's, this is my house. You want to take that information? Go to that house. It's so simple. But you need to understand something. I'm not trying to make little mini me's. I'm trying to make mini we's. What's that mean? Paul said, I follow Christ. Follow me. We be like God. Mimic God. I mean, that's who we're supposed to be following. And we need to follow those truths, that information. And you all know, parents, that as your kids learn and follow you, they act and look like you. Exactly. I hear religious people going, you're just looking like pastor. You're just trying to act like pastor. Religious people do that. Not real people. These, these millennials are new to church. So they're going, I want to be like you. Religious ones are like going, you just like to be like pastor. All you want to do is the world. And you're making a reason why so you can't do what you want to do. Just be real. I don't want to go to church. I want to go party. Just be real. Quit trying to be religious, spiritual. Oh, I didn't want to go that way. All right, let's calm down. But this is what I do. I care about urban air. I do. I care about you out there. I just can't show you as much care because we're distant. But believe me, this heart right here does care. No matter what state you're in, no matter what country you're in right now, you can believe this or not. I do care. That's why I do what I do. The information I have is because I do care. And I want this information, not religion. I want this truth to get your life because there are some of you out there that are dealing with diseases. You're dealing with things that are killing you right now. 
You need to hear hope. You need to hear the Bible truths, not religion. You need to hear that God does love you, that God does care for you, that God has a plan for your life. No matter what you're going through right now, whatever hell you've been dealing with, God wants you free. Just like those testimonies you heard. The people are getting free. They're, de they're dealing with issues in their life, choices they're making. Why? Why? Just some magical wand was waved over them? No. They rose up in who they are as believers and said, you know what? I'm done with this. You know what? I'm believing for this. You know what? I'm expecting this. And I can tell you, we have so many stories. I heard Ivan talking about a story of his getting a new Jeep. It's a cool Jeep, by the way. I walked out there the other day when he was sitting there and I didn't know it was his. And I go, that's a nice Jeep. And they said, it was Ivan's. And I went, what? That dude don't make money. Where did he get that? <laughs> no, but that's what happened. God blessed that boy. Amen. Listen, in the time of crisis, Angel and Taryn, they, they got a house. And we were, everybody was all excited. Oh, they got a house, and it's, it's going to be a new house and everything. And, and it's all cool. But all of a sudden, in a time of crisis, a bigger house came up. And y'all want bigger than smaller. And the one they had, was a, it was nice. I mean, the one they were going to get in, it was a nice house, new build, everything. And it was going to be work for them. But all of a sudden, Something bigger and better. Not, we're not talking about out of their range. We're talking about, we're talking even plain now. But it's bigger than better. More rooms, more room for the kids. And so in the crisis, they got a new house. Another one, a bigger one. In a crisis, potential people, potential. What are we going to believe? We're going to run with everything. It's the sky's falling. The sky's falling. No, it isn't. You just don't like roller coasters. But some of us do. And you can't judge us because we want to go on that roller coaster. You can judge us if you want to go on that thing. You judge away because that's nasty. Anybody gets on that, it's a little crazy. See, same, same position. But anyway, the point is, is listen. We serve a good God. And this word is to bring revelation, information to us so our lives are never the same again. And every time we gather together, oh, I can't wait to y'all hear. I can't wait to hear your kids screaming and having, I mean, good screaming, good screaming, good screaming, having fun and children's and youth ministry, everybody rocking, rocking this place. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And it's soon, soon and very soon. We are all going to be together. Yup, yup, yup. The thing is, is this, what we know is, is God is good. God cares about you right now in your house, in your bedroom, in the hospital bed, God cares. And I believe for healing and restoration, wholeness and deliverance, if he can do it for them, he can do it for you. That's our God we serve. Also, the God we serve loves you greatly, loves everybody in here greatly. Jesus died for us. I would like you to receive this life. See, you've been hearing everything opposite of religion. Religion's easy to judge. Religion's easy to go. That sucks. That's terrible. I agree with you. I've been there, done that. I did Bible college religion. And the truth of the matter is, is very little truth in this stuff, except when you start walking in the freedom of God's word and start allowing this word to set you free because that's what Jesus said he will do. He said, I want you to be set free. 
And it's the truth and applying the truth, not religious action, not legalism. It's the truth, applying the truth that sets us free. I want you to be free. I want you to know my Jesus. I want you to know him. I want you to experience him. And I want you to be able to, to, to connect with him right now. Say this prayer with me. All of us together, say this. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I call on your name. Jesus, come into my life. I believe you. Come into my life. Change me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me, for forgiving me, for setting me free. I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, if you spoke these words out, contact me. You just go to the website, email, let me know. If you don't want to leave your address, then I can't send you a book I wrote just for you. But if you send me your address, I'll send you the booklet. And you won't get any other information. I'm not going to send any other letters after I send you the book. Please believe me. So you give me your address, I'll send you the book, and we're square, okay? Does that sound like a good idea? Amen. God loves you. God loves love life. And we're about to blow up. We're about to explode. Amen. Because now we're going out there and we're going to start doing some apocalyptic attitude and action out there. Amen. This world hasn't seen anything yet when love life arises and shines and lets the truth flow. Love you. Be blessed. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.